Anybody home? Hello? Mr. Fungus? Nibbles? Hello, Hello? Who is it? Over here, it's me, Jay. Oh, hello, Jay. How are you? Listen, I need you to get me out of here. Oh, uh, I don't know about that, Jay. Did Mr. Fungus approve this? Don't be mindless, Jay Clone 73.3. He's using all of us, even you. You're too nice to let him keep doing this to you, or any of us for that matter. Oh, Mr. Fungus has been great to me, Jay, just like he is to you. Ugh, clones, listen. All you need to do is let me out, and I can show you what I mean. Well, I guess it couldn't hurt. Thanks. All right, time to go now. Where do you think you're going, Jade? You thought I was gone. I was merely dimensional surfing and could see you the whole time. You think I would let you escape while my biggest accomplishment is on the horizon? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't do that, Jake Lane 73.3. It just doesn't sound right coming from you. Sure thing, Mr. Fungus. Now pick up Jay and put him back in his cage. You bet, Mr. Fungus. Now did you download the virus, Jake Lane 73.3? Yes, Mr. Fungus. It has been downloaded. Good. The hour is upon us. Relax, Nibbles. I know you're hungry, but this has to come first. Boy, she sure is hungry, Mr. Fungus. Can I feed her tonight? That depends on how well you did with your mission, 73.3. I did great. We'll see. Where's J-Clone 666? He's on a mission. That when he completes it will solidify everything we have worked so hard to accomplish. Oh, I can't wait! Just one more thing. Oh boy, Mr. Fungus. This will be swell. Yeah. Now it's time. Yes. Yes, it will. Time for the change this universe has needed for a long, long time. <laughs> Merkel Media. Welcome back to another mother freaking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds. I am your host, Jay Wolver, today. And oh, what's that in the sky? Fly overhead? Is it that missing F 35 fighter jet? Uh, is someone jumping out of it? Ah! 
Here I come, baby, here I come with the blood of the Quetzalcoatl inside of me. My half Hispanic Nephilim blood, baby. I don't even care no more. I let the love of AOC ride with me, baby. You. Boom, boom, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. Ooh, that was a good, that was a good intro. That's the fire we need to bring today. Yeah, brother. You know what you like to do. We like to get that front of the house stuff out of the way real quick. So, Joel, I'm going to leave it to you. Let's let you take care of that today. Yeah, everybody, you know how we do it here. The Killer Birds. Make sure you're going to www.killthemockingbirds.com. And we've got a lot of really cool stuff there. A lot of really good merchandise. You guys have been killing it lately. And also, Jay, they've been killing it with the five stars lately. I mean, they've been lighting it up. We got some new ones? Man, we got some new ones. I can't even read them all every week, Jay, because, you know, they're just piling them on. We're in the what? Top point one zero one zero one percent of podcasts in the world right now we're in the top five in the world right now overall we're like the jeff bezos of podcasting right now wait yeah. ma- wait is that a good comparison maybe not in wealth maybe yeah yeah our podcast i mean we're only behind rogan joe right now so right. that's it we're yeah. only behind Rogan Joe. And we're so. nipping at his heels. Nipping at his heels, baby. But I'm going to read some of these five stars. And you know, we like to start with that Apple podcast first, Jay. We got Jada Joy 876 I love you guys so much. Hottest podcast in the game. Jay's beautiful bald head is as bold as the mic he gives us knowledge on. Boom, boom, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. <laughs> she seems like she's a big fan, Jay. Sounds like she's into it. Yeah. She's into that beautiful bald head, man. This is great. I'm going to polish it up extra nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. We got Pat Granky. Starts out with boom, boom, daddy. These killer birds don't mess around. They are quick to hit you in the mouth with the truth and not let up. Flat earthers for life. Keep your butthole clamped, baby. That's what I'm talking about. It's on the flat plane. You know that we do. We don't play around, Jay. We don't. Boom, boom, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. This is what I'm talking about. This is fire. Here, we're going to move to Spotify. And you guys know, if you go to Spotify, you can comment on each particular episode. So, you know, you go to you go to Apple, you only get to do, like, an overall, which is great. And you get to do the overall on Spotify, but you can comment on each particular episode. And these guys have been killing it. We've got a 7-3-2 tie. I'm going to warn you, Jay, this isn't a great one. But, you know, we read the bad ones, too, because we like a little positive feedback. You flat earthers are a joke. The science has clearly stated that we live in a multiverse of madness in a globe system that shifts between multiple dimensions with every rotation. Get it right. Do the math. This will be my last time ever listening. Oh. Uh, Here we go. The globe tards. Yeah. The globe tards. Oh my God, what a hack, man. Talking about do the math. Do the math. You know we live on a flat plane. There's an ice wall that surrounds us. And then there's land after that with an ice wall that surrounds that. And you know what? Beyond that, more land with the ice wall that surrounds that. that. Boom, boom, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We got Sandy Kelly. Oh, my God, new listener, and I love you guys. Tell Joel to watch out for the Sean clones. They aren't feeling his love for AOC. Boom, boom, daddy. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. We're about sick and tired of these Sean clones, man. (laughs) They're popping up everywhere. 
There's so many of them. I've been dreaming of that flap on his head. That flap's getting longer. Longer and more powerful to me, it seems. I mean, the last time I saw that flap, it actually was, like, raised up. And I don't even... Do you remember which clone it was? Was it, like... There's too many to remember at this point. I want to say it was 88. You might be right. It was a... Well, it wasn't, like, the newest model by any stretch, but it was a newer model, and it kind of had that Dragon Ball Z thing, the way it was, like, popping up and, like, lighting up. Oh, he was Super Saiyan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, I'm I'm telling you, man, these these Sean clones are something else. But um, yeah, it, it, my love for AOC though runs deep, man. You know, I'm from the clan. I'm half Hispanic, so like I come from a long line of Hispanic Nephilim with Quetzalcoatl, and you know, my love for AOC runs deep because of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she represents everything that the Hispanic Nephilim are all about. We're about progress we're about the future we're about beauty and you know you know boom boom daddy (laughs) boom boom daddy that big booty latina you know yeah baby yeah and that's my girl don't talk about her too much though sorry sorry you know i don't want to overstep my bounds Uh, it's all right man it's all right um but yeah man that's it for me we got the housekeeping out of the way you ready to start the show I'm ready, Jay. Where are we going? Where are we going? Well, today we're going to start out with uh, th- this Call of Duty AI hate speech. Have you heard about that yet? <sighs> I have, Jay, but I think the listeners would probably like to hear a little bit. That's too. right. That's right. So with this, so the tool which will monitor voice chat for any bullying and harassment will be part of Modern Warfare 3, the next game in the series when it launches in November. Now, uh, I play Call of Duty quite a bit and... Pretty much the only thing that goes on in those chat rooms is, you know, either you're talking, talking to your friend or, you know, you're being like dudes being dudes, you know, you're going to say some of the most offensive stuff you can say to each other. Yeah. So why are they monitoring that? What's the point? I don't know, man. Um, to me, it feels like it's just more censorship. It's a step. It's, it's a step. It's another step towards it because... The, they're implementing an AI system that's trained by whoever created it to spot out certain words. But as being an AI and being able to evolve and grow, it's make, it could be looking for more than that. And I'm thinking about what is it trying to pinpoint? Because before you know it, they could say that, oh, you said something that was a right-wing extremist thing. And then they come arrest you for that. But I think we should play like one of the clips now and let people kind of understand what's going on. Call of Duty, a very popular shooter video game, has started using AI to monitor players' speech online. Activision, the publisher of Call of Duty, says the purpose is to crack down on toxic speech more effectively. The company says on its blog that Call of Duty is doubling down on its fight against hate speech and other types of toxic and disruptive behavior. And AI will help identify and police players' conduct. Activision will use a system called ToxMod, an AI-powered voice chat moderation technology. The company says ToxMod can identify and enforce against discriminatory language, harassment, and more in real time. And Activision will determine the penalties. Violators may be temporarily suspended, permanently suspended, or face account renaming and stat resets. YouTuber and game reviewer 8-Bit Eric seems skeptical of the new AI feature. We're going to be getting spied on. 
our conversations on Call of Duty are going to be listened to in real time. No matter what it is you say, you can say something private. You give away your address, your phone number, your name, your location. You, if they ever get hacked, everybody literally using voice chat on Call of Duty's information is at risk. But other people don't see it that way. I am absolutely elated that they're actually rolling this out. I spoke with professional live streamer and gamer Mrs. Fret to see how she thinks it'll affect the online gaming experience. Once they hear that you're female, you are absolutely annihilated and you hear the most horrific, sexist things you could absolutely imagine. And I'm going to be more protected. And I love that. Okay. You know what that just reminded me of? What's that? That old saying, uh, how's it go? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but an AI uh, chatbot recording everything I say it will protect me from hate speech. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom daddy. daddy. Yeah, no, you're right. And and that's exactly where I'm at with it, Jay, because to me, it even seems like that if you have an AI in your system, what's to say it's not listening to you when you're not playing the game? Mm-hmm. What's to say when you're not on the phone with your mom, you pick up the phone, she calls, or your girlfriend calls, or your boyfriend calls, or whoever calls you, you're having a conversation, you set the controller down, it's not picking up on that. Oh, right. Uh, There's nothing to not say that. It is going to be, 100%, in my opinion. Well, and that's the thing, too, and this Tox mod, which comes from this company called Modulate, uh, they're trying to say it's going to be a fun, fair, and welcoming experience for all players. It just seems like to me, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, a great thing that you're running around saying whatever to anybody, but I can say this though, it's that whole bullying thing where it's like, we're going to make everything inclusive to everybody. Sometimes people need to be bullied. That's right. Sometimes you need to feel that. So you know what the real world's going to feel like when they've got their foot cocked sideways and half up your ass. The rock style. The rock style. If you smell But the AI chatbot is cooking. That's right. And what's crazy is, so Sky Broadband did some research, and they found that one in 10 female gamers, (laughs) you're going to laugh, feel suicidal due to the abuse that they face. So it gets crazier. So Sky Broadband did this full-on research And it shows that 4,000 female gamers they surveyed, 49% have faced abuse or harassment when playing or streaming online, rising to 75% of those aged 18 to 24. They said the levels of harassment are so strong that 25% of women surveyed admitted to feeling depressed, 40% have felt personally threatened by the abuse they've experienced online, and 27% worried about being attacked in real life following threats made on gaming platforms. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm not saying that there's not a pack of incels out there that is would do some awful oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm not saying that some of this doesn't exist, but these numbers seem highly inflated. 75%? To me, it seems like you're getting your ass kicked in COD, and that's making you depressed. So now you're making it to be, well, this dude was saying 
whatever. And it wasn't even directly harassment, but it was just normal gaming technique, similar to a basketball game. If guys are talking trash, it's bad that they just can't handle it. And I'm not even saying just women. Clearly there's been a bunch of dudes too complaining because they're making this an entire mod to stop all hate. And what is hate speech, Jay? What is it? There is no definition. You can't really draw the line anywhere. It's just something that you don't agree with will automatically fall under hate speech. And, you know, it's kind of the way it's become now. Just if it's any, if it's semi-offensive to somebody somewhere, it's hate speech. Or even to the point now where it's entered the, entered the political realm where, if, like you were saying earlier, if you say something that's like considered right wing or far right, even though it might not be, that's a considered hate speech. No, I completely agree. And we got another clip to play from that because I think this is very interesting that we should definitely delve into. And there's another part of gaming she said AI will help with in Call of Duty. If you just absolutely annihilated your opponent, your opponent and their friends could actually attack you and do what's called spam reporting. And they just vigorously start going into your name, report player, choose offensive language, choose races, choose cheating, choose whatever they want. And they could just sit there and spam it without any context to it or any proof. With AI, it's going to know the difference and it's going to do everything for you. So. Activision said the full version of the AI-powered speech enforcer will be rolled out worldwide on November 10th. Mm. It just seems so unnecessary from a gamer's point of view. Yeah, it does to me too. And especially from an e-gamer who has a name in the industry like she does. And to say that, oh, it's protecting me. Well, I don't know. You're saying that you're kicking. Who are you kicking? Whose asses are you kicking? 12-year-old boys? Of course they're going to go report you. They're children. Like, this is crazy. And you think the AI is going to help protect you? No, they're not. Well, it's just going to monitor. It's like she said, I think what they drugged her in there to say that stuff for was to justify, you know, a reason to actually implement this, put it in into practice because now there's some big, you know, a big name in the community accepts it and agrees with it. So it allows them, they just need that one person in to push that out in the public saying like, see, this is necessary. This is needed, but it's not, I don't, I, you could probably ask not, 10. If you ask 10, she's probably the one, uh, I'd say nine out of 10 would disagree with her. She might be that one exception. So of course you got to drag that one out there and put it out, you know, in the media in front of everyone's faces. Yeah. And I don't agree with this whole thing that, that many female gamers are saying that I've known a lot of female gamers and they're pretty ruthless. Oh yeah. Very probably worse than the dudes. I'm sure they've made many men cry. Oh, I've watched it. Yeah. I've seen small children cry as grown women annihilate them and then make them feel like the worst people on the planet. So that just, to me, it's BS. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree. It's BS. And, I, you know, this is just that last one of the last few areas, you know, they record. We know they're recording our phone calls. Yeah. You know, if you have a Google, you know, home or a Alexa thing, you're recording everything you see in your house. That's right. Any any now, like one of the safe spaces I thought was maybe online gaming where you're ta- just communicating with people. But now that's all going to be recorded in it, probably a database somewhere. And where, they, you know, where are they storing this? Where are they going to use it all for? Eventually, you know, eventually they're going to have a whole account of everybody anyone that's engaging in any any form of online communication it's going to be recorded and i guess they could 
extract maybe even your, your personality from it. Um, just so much they can data they can absorb just from you speaking. And I think on gaming sites too, you kind of speak more freely. You're just kind of in the moment playing games and like, yeah, it's just not good. Overall, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, and if you guys aren't on board with this, you're, you're exactly as I feel about the globe tards out there that don't believe <laughs> in flat earth. Keep your butthole clamped, baby. Keep it clamped. They're going to be clamped today. <laughs> I think some of these, uh, uh, segueing into our uh, next topic here, I think some of these people had their buttholes clamped. Um, uh, the wealthy suburban city in uh, Illinois is getting slammed for offering a two and a half hour poverty simulation. That is, or that it would show residents what a month of living poor feels like. I don't even know what to say to that, Jay. Like I looked into this too, and it's so crazy. And it was planned originally for September 9th, but it got so much backlash that it was canceled. <laughs> so it was meant to increase residents' understanding and awareness of life in poverty. The simulation was meant to be held at the Highland Park Country Club, a government-owned facility. And I'll get to that in a minute, Jay, before we finish this little piece up about what is going on with this poverty simulation. Participants in this immersive experience will begin to experience what a month in poverty feels like in like a three-hour session. So they're going to show you in three hours what a month of poverty is. And again, you know, people criticized it. They said it was tone deaf, which it absolutely is. 100%. 100%. They said, what an absolute embarrassment for Highland Park. Uh, you know, what's the intended goal? And this is what people were saying. Um, but here's the thing about Highland Park Country Club. It isn't a private country club or a golf course anymore. As a matter of fact, it used to be um, private but it was purchased by local governments in the 1990s. And I believe it was 2017 when they actually quit playing golf there. So they actually moved, you know, not moved the golf courses off, but just started turning it into an actual park, which is kind of weird, right? Like a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I get it. And I'm actually looking at the map right now, which is kind of crazy. I, I pulled up the map. I was like, what does this place look like? Right. It's definitely more in line with, you know, what we would talk about very, uh, I don't know, man. It just seems very UN owned, very national park. It's not that big by any stretch, but they've turned this area into a private government facility. And then you got to start asking yourself, you know, why is it do? Why are they doing that? Jay, why did they do that so long ago? And it Highland park is meant for the elite. It always has been like, there's been, so many people in Hollywood that live there. Michael Jordan lived there. Scottie Pippins lived there. Um, we're just talking about the Bulls, man. We're not even talking about Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins lived Ooh. there. And doesn't he own like Elite XC too? That's right. You got uh, Jason Brown, Olympic fig figure skater. Um, you've got Grace Slick, lead singer of Jefferson Airplane, lived there too. And not to not only that, but several films. We're also shot at Highland Park, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Weird Science, 16 Candles, Uncle Buck. We're talking classic Risky Business, Lucas, um, Shattered Glass. 
You know, so many things have happened. Revenge of the Nerds was shot there too at Highland Park. So all the classics, it's definitely got a deep, deep Hollywood connection to it, which makes me think, again, what is this Highland Park being used for? And it does seem like a very elite plan. Let's do this poverty simulation. Let's show the let's show the peons what what their life's really gonna be like when we take all the way over. So, uh, you, so you think it's for just like the regular everyday people to experience this simulation, or was it just for the people of Highland Park, you know, to experience what it's like to actually be poor? So, I think that's what they masqueraded it to be for sure. I think it was for that, but the problem was the <laughs> the normal people got wind of it. Yeah, working class figured out what was going on yeah. and they snapped back in the comments. They were blowing them up online and it became a big deal. So yeah, I agree with you. It started out as a fun experience for a rich person to get a month of poverty in three hours. But here's the big question. What does that mean in a private country club? If there's only a certain group of people that are allowed there what was really going to happen during this three-hour stretch? We, I mean, I guess we could always speculate, but it would just be funny if you imagine them all, uh, you know, they give them each like their own little kit. Here's a blanket, a cardboard box, some duct tape. You know, you build your own house over here <laughs> and you can lay in it. And like, you know, if they just have like little stations set up, you know, so people can, and they're like all confused trying to, oh, how does this tape work? And they're trying to figure it out because they're so out of touch. They're so tone deaf. I think that's a sign, uh, you, you know, when you got a little bit, just too much money. Yes. you you start a, a simulation, a being poor simulation, a homeless simulation for you and your friends. <laughs> that might be a sign. You're a little out, out of touch, a little too much money for you. You ever remember that movie Zoolander? Oh yeah. So do you remember like when they came out with the, uh, the, the trash line, the trash line of clothing where it was all hobo homeless wear, but it was like super expensive clothing. It's like yes. that. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> derelict. D- yeah. Derelict. Yes. <laughs> the derelict campaign. You remember Zoolander was like, uh, Oh, sorry, you didn't get in Mugatu's Dare Elite campaign. And Owen Wilson was like, you can dare elect my balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Underrated movie. Underrated movie. One of the best of all time. Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, man. That was actually uh, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But, you know, Highland Park's got a lot of other weird stuff going on there, too, man. You had that whole Highland Park shooting. Back on July 4th, 2022, from Robert Eugene Primo III, and he was a rapper called Awake the Rapper, and he attended Highland Park High School. He was actually seminally big on the underground scene, uh, and he was considered a right-wing extremist rapper. He was a supporter of President Donald Trump. Uh, he was also seen at a lot of far right gatherings, often wearing Where's Waldo garb and the like. I don't know too much about the right wing part. I know he dealt with some of that. I do know a lot of his stuff was about being awake and aware. So I don't know how much this is a psyop or not, but it's funny that this came out of the same area. Yeah, it is odd. Same area. And oddly enough, I'm looking around and there's this weird 
Illinois Highland Park, home of the Bigfoot Funny Sasquatch Research Team. It's a company that masquerades as a Sasquatch research team. They make clothing for Highland Park, home of Bigfoot. So my question is, again, what's going on in this park? The portals in this park? Is this a dimensional rift going on in this park? You know, we've got the derelict campaign going on in this park. park. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, Jay. I'm trying to figure it out. There's a lot of puzzle pieces there, but I'm sure they fit together in some way. But yeah, that's that's odd why there's a Bigfoot uh, organization in Highland, like in the middle of the city, right? Absolutely, man. I I, I think so. But it kind of makes me think about our next subject coming up. Yeah which is Chicago residents fired up about plan for migrant tent city. And we can play that clip for them and then get into it. At Sheldon Heights Church of Christ, an open dialogue on the migrant crisis hosted by Alderman Ronnie Mosley was packed inside and out. First of all, they definitely chose this venue for a reason. They chose a small venue so that they could discourage the community from being able to show up. With fall and winter fast approaching, Mayor Brandon Johnson is looking to move migrants from police stations into what the city is calling winterized base camps. This is essentially like a band-aid to a gunshot wound. You are putting a band-aid on a huge problem at hand. One potential site, the former Jewel parking lot at 115th and Halstead. Uh, I think that's a bad idea. They want to push this out of sight and out of mind. But it's coming with pushback. Many calling on the city's leaders to focus on the needs of taxpayers. We are the residents of this community and we demand that they do not put these people here. They're not even following the rules in the police station. What makes us think that they're going to follow the rules here? Residents tell us they are in need of grocery stores, mental health facilities, and housing for homeless individuals. By the end of this year, the migrant crisis will have cost taxpayers a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh my, a quarter of a billion? (laughs) It's pure craziness, Jay. And the people have every right to be angry about this because we're paying for Mm -hmm. these immigrants that one that are housed in these police stations to start with, but then they're going to move them to these tent cities, these winterized camps. Again, what's up with the camp language? Camp thing, yeah. It sounds like internment camp. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't like the sound of it. And they're not wrong. It's, it's like putting Band-Aid on a gunshot, a gunshot wound. wound. That's right. Uh, I, I like the guy's reaction right in the middle, which was... Uh, Oh, uh, it's not a good idea. But here's the thing, though. This is all Mayor Brandon Johnson's idea. And come on, Jay. We know that he was the successor for Lori Lightfoot. Good old Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I think Beetlejuice hatched him and and then she's uh, withered away. And now it's him left. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> boom, boom, daddy. <laughs> Yo, that's the funniest thing ever, man. And it, honestly, like I've seen some recent pictures of her too, and she looks even more shriveled up. She probably literally did somehow, you know, asexually butted. <laughs> Brandon, 
Mayor Brandon Johnson's her butt baby. <laughs> her, her butt baby? Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, it took all of her life essence she had left in her in her cocoon and she just shat it out and made him. Well, here's the thing about Mayor Johnson, man. He's doing some wild stuff in that city already. He's actually trying to take away servers tips and that's where they make their money he's trying to put them on a minimum wage at like 15 dollars an hour and you know and i waited tables for a long time coming up and i worked in the restaurant business and i know how it works when you're in there man on the average and this is on the like the low end to me but you're making 28 30 dollars an hour off of tips on the low end mm-hmm some, some the good ones and the bartenders, man, they're making hundreds of dollars an hour for a four or five hour shift. And he's trying to take that away to make it a, a flat fee, which they did in New York already and had major backlash in some parts of New York. But it's, it, it's, it's, they're moving us towards this UBI, this universal basic income. And part of that is taking away salaries they want to make that divide between a really good salary and a low-end salary there's nothing in between anymore people can't find jobs so what happens is when you can't find jobs you don't want to work your ass off for some bs Mm -hmm. so what are you looking for well you're looking for a way that you know you can make life serviceable and hey the government's going to offer you that they're going to give you a universal basic income they're going to say hey we know you can survive on this you ain't got to work right they're like daddy will take care of you just come on Come in the daddy's arms. Let me take care of you. That's, that's our big government. Big Daddy Joe. Big Daddy Joe is doing that, I think. Big Daddy Joe, man. I mean, you know, and I talked to AOC about this the other day on yeah. the phone. Yeah, what'd she say? Look, man, here's the thing. And I know people, you know, I get a lot of hate mail. You've seen it from people wondering why I date AOC. Right. I mean, they don't understand, one, like, we have Nephilim blood. Like, that's that's something that's tied through bloodlines i have to adhere to regardless of how i feel and how i fight against the system there's a part of it that i have to adhere to because that's just it's nature it's nature yeah versus nurture (laughs) and i'm nature baby that's right boom boom daddy that's right baby that's right so you know i talked to her about this i was like man what's going on with joe i was like come on like you can't be buying into this i know what you're saying in front of the people and you know I can't say everything, man, because I ain't trying to put her on blast. But, you know, she feels like we feel. They all know he's just. Yeah, she has to play her part. He's on clone 57. She's playing the act, too, just to boost up those clones. And my thing is, though, what Sean, what are the Sean clones doing about this? Right. Clearly, they come from the same facility. Oh, I can. Yeah. Have you seen Biden's hair flaps? They're getting weirder and weirder, too. You know, I think what we need to do is get a hold of Justin from Cryptids of the Corn and, and get, tell him to get those clones in check, man. He's supposed to be keeping them in check. But, you know, every time we talk to him, he's always like, I got nothing to do with the clones, man. They come in and out. Right, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I just opened the door of the studio. I've got a baby named Atlas, and he takes up all my time. <laughs> I can't do with the clones at n- anymore. <laughs> it's too much, man. It's too much. And honestly... You know, moving into the next piece of this whole Border Patrol agent reveals, we're talking about Daddy Joe, the Biden regime's giving $2,200 of taxpayer money per illegal immigrant family, plus a plane ticket, housing, 
food, free medical services. Right now, Jay. Hey, can I have some of that? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Screw UBI. Just be an immigrant in the United States. You'll get triple that. Did you see that guy who, uh, I think it was on TikTok or something. I don't know, but he's like, he was walking, supposedly, he says, I'm going to walk across the border to Mexico. Yeah. And then I'm going to walk back in and get my $2,000. <laughs> like, I need money and I can't get any here, but that's the only way to do it. So he's like making that track. Think about this. They're getting $2,200 of taxpayer money. Do you know that Social Security, the average American, receives just $1,400 a month? Maui survivors are only getting $700 a month. And let me add to that Maui survivor one. It's the households are getting $700, not the individuals. Right. So per household, you get $700. So if you live alone, that's still shitty. (laughs) It's still shitty. Hey, and this gets better to your point. The immigrants are also doing what they say, double dipping. One parent, one child receive $2,200 a month, and then a separate parent and a child can, from the same family, get another $2,200 a month. So they can get up to $4,400 a month, but they could trick the system again. What if they got damn near $7,000 a month? Right, yeah, yeah. It's... It doesn't sound like this is well-polished or well-put-together at all. There's no reason why they wouldn't be doing that. If if I was getting 2200 bucks a month, of course I'm going to do every, you know, grease every wheel, anything, any way to get that anything extra that they're going to offer me because they're going to offer it. They're going to give it. Jay, it's crazy. And you know, listen, man, we've been doing this show for three years. <laughs> that long already? Man, and what's crazy about as long as we've done this show, how fast we came up the ranks. Yeah. You know, we juked and moved over every gatekeeper in our way i mean dude we're only three slots behind rogan joe right now which is crazy when you think about it we're that big in the podcasting sphere but some of the stuff i'm seeing jay it 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 blows anything we saw one two three years ago out of the water when we started doing this Mm -hmm. you know I, i i mean even to the point of this Last little piece of what we're just talking about. They used to put ankle monitors on these immigrants. Do you know that they were cutting them off? So now they give them phones. Uh, They're giving them phones. So now they get a free phone instead of the monitors, Jay. Again, can I get one of those? Can I just get something, please, for free? Please? How much, how much more taxes do I have to pay before I get anything for free? Uh, I'm telling you, man, it's it's absolutely mind blowing. I'm just I'm exhausted with it. I'm exa- I'm absolutely exhausted with it. And I think that we should play the next clip on the NYC migration madness and move to that. Um, and we'll get into what's really going on with this whole migration thing, okay. even in New York right now. Tensions rose today in Manhattan over the immigration crisis. Lawmakers tried to address the issue, but they were met with frustrated protesters. NTD's Jason Perry was on the scene. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, along with other lawmakers, addressed the immigration crisis in New York City. But they were quickly disrupted by protesters shouting, close the border. 
Ocasio-Cortez continued speaking outside of Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan, which has been used to process illegal immigrants. She called for more federal resources to help deal with the crisis. A man in the crowd voiced his frustration to the lawmakers. How is that bringing unity to this nation when you're, take, when you're taking care of illegal immigrants over your own citizens? We spoke to some people in the area to see what they think is the solution to the migrant crisis. Close the border. Close the border. It's the only solution. Have them remain in Mexico like the policy was before. Why does my family member have to wait in Colombia when they file the legal petition and these people are right here on 45th Street? And another man voiced his concern. It's not right. You have to come through the, through the proper channels. There's people that are waiting to get here, and they're skipping the line, and they don't care. We don't know who these people are. They're not vetted. Many of my ex-girlfriends were from other countries. You know what I mean? So this is not about hate. <laughs> I love that guy at the end. He's like... <sighs> bunch of my girlfriends are from other countries so this ain't about hate it's like you know i i have a black friend so i can say this stuff it's like that same <laughs> energy <laughs> but he's right though and you know i heard uh one pundit say that you know relying solely on border control to curtail migration is like counting on spankings to fix a spoiled brat so it's very similar to that because it's not going to stop right they're still going to come in and if we're allowing them to come in it's just going to continue but i like the whole point about the new york thing it's not just about um this mexican border i think people get confused with that migration thing i mean we've got ten thousand in mere days from europe coming in i mean tons are coming from europe and africa like people don't know that Mexico ain't the only country trying to get in here. Not at all. It's not. It, it's. I think majority is even is not from Mexico. A lot of the people are all from other countries, and a lot of the countries are countries that we have bombed in the past. Go figure. Um, you know, we're displacing a lot of people through our military actions, uh, especially you know in Africa and the Middle East. Uh, it's it, people are fleeing because they need to, and a lot of the times. We're the ones, unfortunately, doing it. You're, you're right about that, Jay. And part of the problem is, like, we don't have as strict uh, policies like some of these other countries do. We're talking about the EU countries. I mean, you know, Prime Minister Maloney actually refused to let migrant boats dock in Italy, and it led to drownings <clears throat> earlier this year. So he was like, they're not coming in. He was like, Brussels can handle it. And they didn't handle it. They didn't want it. Um there's African leaders that were affected from keeping migrants from reaching Europe. So they were stopping them. I'm not necessarily saying like Gaddafi and these Libyan leaders are great with what they did, but these countries were like, nah, we're not taking them or they're not leaving was a lot of the problem. And listen, I'm not against like migration at all. You're right. Same here. Same here. I get it that there's messed up stuff going on and we are supposed to be yeah. the country that's helping people. And I agree with that. But the problem is it's out of control and the current regime that's in seems to be very apt to let this happen to cause more mass confusion yep. with voting, which I don't believe in voting anyway, but with voting and a, and a lot of other agendas that they're pushing. Cause the more we keep our mind on the, like all these people piling in, right. They're just running more game on us behind the scenes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Hey, like I'm with you on that. Like we need to allow people to come in this country. Yeah. But like the guy said in the clip, 
you know, we got to go through the proper channels. You know, we had this stuff set up in the past for a reason. And all that's just been thrown in the wayside to just to allow people. And like you said, to cause all that confusion. It's just it almost feels like it's and our government now is obviously allowing it and allowing it to happen a lot uh, much higher of a rate than it was in years past. Um, but what's it all leading up to? Like, there has to be another reason why they're allowing so many good people just willy nilly across the border. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of people all unaccounted for. And it's just ask, begs you know, that me the question is just why? What's this all leading towards? Well, and, and, you know, myself being from Hispanic origin and from this Quetzalcoatl bloodline of Nephilim, you know, I don't understand, you know, this push for Hispanics trying to, you know, break through here. Like, uh, and I'm not saying all, but there are some Hispanics that are also from this bloodline, like myself and AOC. And we come from the gods, Jay. Like, we don't need this kind of heat. So I think that there's an elite system that's also working against the Nephilim agenda ah. as well. And I think that's a problem that inwardly the Nephilim need to look into. And I've been telling them to, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. You know, AOC's got the ear of some good people. I know I do on my side as well. And, you know, you you have been, I don't want to say this, Jay, over the 10 years I've known you and, you know, we've traveled the world together. I got to say for somebody who doesn't come from the Nephilim bloodline, I mean, it's almost like you're Nephilim, how much that you care about, you know, where we come from and, and what happens to us. Because not all of us are trying to follow in the footsteps of the ones that, you know, DNA created us. You know what I mean? Right, right. There's good ones out there. There are. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming Nephilim by proxy, I think, being so close to you. It's almost like you're an affiliate. It's like, you know how you got vampires with their, like, uh, uh, affiliates or whatever they call them? The, I, I gotcha. Or like pirates with the little bird on their shoulder. Yeah. I'm that little bird. Yeah, you're that bird that's got a lot of wisdom. That's right. I, I love listen, it. I listen to everything, and then I just repeat it. And, you know, to not switch gears too much, we're going to, you know, stay on this illegal immigration. The View. <laughs> oh, I love The View. Uh, they're, yeah. very, they're very smart and informed and well-spoken and have a lot of great and ideas that are very diverse and different. All of them. And that's what you and I disagree on all the time, Jay. I know you love them and you and I are going to fight about this off air all the time because, like, I don't know what it is with you and Whoopi. She's just intelligent. That's why I like her. Her and Joy are just so intelligent, and I just enjoy it. The wisdom. You know, Joy mentioned you in, like, an interview recently. Yeah. Which was super shocking, and she had a lot of nice things to say about you, too. I'm not shocked. You know, I mean, her get along pretty well. You know, her show's pretty big, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, um, but I do want to play a clip of what they're saying about illegal immigration, and then you and I can hash it out over what we really think about this. You know, I think we need to find, and, and we've dealt with this before. I, I lived in uh, in Miami. I was a migrant, an immigrant in Miami in the 80s. You'll remember when we had the Mariel boat lift. Yes. 125,000 Cubans yeah. came in a matter of six months. It puts tremendous stress on, on, on a city, on a community, on the social services. They need to be 
be resettled elsewhere. Th they, right? need they need to be out. We're this spread, massive yeah. country. Well, and it's only going to get worse with global warming and climate change because people can't live in certain parts of this world. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, if you couldn't tell, I was being sarcastic about my views on The View. Uh, I don't know, because she did say some nice things about you. I just think they have a thing for you. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that you go against what they say. Maybe that's it, yeah. That they like you. It's that It's that whole bad boy thing. Oh, you're right. It makes sense. It's that, it's that I drive a brand new Harley and look at my bald head. Yeah, and I'm driving down the road revving that Harley on the back of my, yeah, just going, boom, boom, daddy. <laughs> boom, boom, daddy. Yeah, no, you're right. And but listen, come on. We're we're now we're tying in climate change and global warming into illegal immigration. It's too hot. It's too hot, Jay. It's just too hot for these people to be here. I come on. I like the view does an amazing job at uh uh shining a light on something, but only viewing it in one specific certain way and completely ignoring everything else about it just so it follows their narrative and sticks to exactly what they the, the message they want to send while ignoring all the other stuff about it uh that con completely contradicts their own thoughts i would say but i liked with the one lady i can't remember i don't even know their, her name she slipped it in there uh someone's like we need to resettle them like elsewhere she's like yeah it's a huge country spread them out no don't spread them out don't let them in here <laughs> spread them out like come on that's uh, that's the dumbest idea i've ever heard <laughs> well and i mean here's the thing like if we could just come to terms jay with the fact that we live on a flat plane and there's so much land past the ice wall infinite, infinite land send them there send them there get them past the ice wall the globe cars don't even understand that that's a possibility they're limited in their thinking that's the problem it's so it the universe theory because it's a theory and it's absolute BS that people that even take on the fact that the earth's round and it's spinning out of control. Like, come on, like God is limited. He's very limited in what he can create. He can only create something that we understand. We know that as human beings, he's only going to create something that we understand. So clearly a globe dome we live in because it's something that we can understand. Right. He would never create anything outside of that. Right. Right. Not a possibility. Come on. Come on. A infinite land that goes out forever. Come on, guys. Like this universe theory, like, no, just get on board with infinite land and let's send people over there. It ain't hot past the ice wall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they should get some of the ice and just ship it back here. And that'll cool it off. Right. <laughs> it's true, though. Replace the immigrants with ice. Wait. Wait. That sounds bad. That sounds bad. Isn't ICE the Border Patrol Agency? Yeah, or... Maybe, maybe that's what they're talking about. Or you've been in West Virginia too long. I don't know what kind of ICE you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd probably still be better than some of them having like, you know, a country full of immigrants or a country full of methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, man. But, but even to get on this climate change a little bit more, you know, there's Africa Climate Summit. And we're going to play a clip from that, Jay, and, you know, talk about that. My expectation is that the 
an African position that will deliver climate finance, climate justice, and an agenda for a strong agenda for COP28. My my hope is that you know we come up strong with one voice. So we are able, for example, to secure the resources that are needed for climate uh, adaptation. We are able as well to position ourselves as leaders, you know, in uh, the, the climate discourse. I hope to see more youth engagements and in conversations in matters climate change adaptation and mitigation. It was the first climate summit to primarily focus on the African continent. Africa is most vulnerable to the impact of climate change, but only receives about 12% of the annual financing it needs to cope. And now they're doing it in Africa. Yeah, now they're doing it in Africa. And again, just back to what we said before, infinite land, guys. <laughs> we got plenty of land. Like, we don't need to be worrying about how hot it's getting inside of this particular ice wall there's a bunch of ice walls <laughs> yeah just this one it it the the temperature only gets better the further we go out that's right you know what i mean like it's hotter in the middle didn't they figure that out yet it's like it's africa it's in the middle no wonder why it's so hot globe tarts man it's, it's always globe tarts what's climate adaptation climate discourse climate mitigation what's that even all that stuff even mean it's just verbiage that they can use to cause confusion. Manip it's um, it's manipulation. Like, yeah. It's, it's just verbiage that they can say to then do what? Push climate lockdown. Yeah. To say that you need to be in your house, you know, for X amount of days or weeks because it's too hot. They're using words to create uh, actual, like, in real life reactions, real life uh, changes, real life uh policies and bills to be passed all through just like you said verbiage manipulative manipulative verbiage and you know global warming and global and climate change is even causing goat sacrifices in pakistan to save the glaciers. And we're going to play that clip. And man, we got some good stuff to talk about there. In the highlands of Pakistan, glaciers are life. Residents rely on them for water. And many believe a Sufi saint taught their ancestors how to create new glaciers by mating them. The practice faded decades ago. But it's getting a second look as a warming planet causes glaciers to melt more rapidly. NPR's Dia Hadid reports from Pakistan's far north. Yasin Malik sings as he takes us up the mountain looming over his village, Trunda. It wiles the time as we walk for hours to a cavern that residents believe is inhabited by ice-dwelling ghosts and fairies, which protect a baby glacier that Malik and his friends made by following an ancient tradition. They hope it will grow to replace the glaciers the village has long relied on. Glaciers that are melting away. As shepherds pass, Malik tells me glacier mating is done by mixing white glaciers, which they believe are female, with male glaciers, which are brown, the colour formed by debris. Two years ago in winter, Malik climbed K2, the world's second highest mountain, to get chunks of the best female glaciers. Others trekked four days away to get the finest female glacier specimens. They took those chunks up Trunda Mountain they placed them in a shaded crevice and they blanketed them with coal and chaff. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> I, I think next time I go to the bar, I'm going to you know, order my drink and I'm going to say, uh, can you use the female ice, please? <laughs> it's almost racist, too. Like the male glaciers are brown, brown the and- color of formed by debris. Also, so she's talking and when they blanket them with coal and shaft, they ask for God's blessings and then they sacrifice a goat. <laughs> They sacrifice a goat. How do they do it? Did it say in that article? Did they cut their heads off or something? Or like it just says they sacrifice them. I don't know the proper technique of sacrificing a goat to, you know, protect the glaciers from melting. I mean, here's the thing, too. Let's not put out the possibility that these glaciers are melting because some sort of weather machine is attacking these glaciers. From above. Not even mentioned. Well, I mean, they wouldn't. Why would they? I mean, uh, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's not even speculated at this point. It's just, nope, global warming. Global warming? Uh, pay, a global, pay a global warming tax, and it, it, guys, we'll figure this out. We'll be safe. Just pay us more taxes. Give us more taxes. It'll be fine. And how many times are they talking about how we, they need to keep down emissions everywhere, too? And how does that happen? Yeah. By us not driving. By us not enjoying the things that we should be enjoying that actually doesn't harm the planet. And at the end of the day, you know, when we're sitting here on this flat plane and we want to enjoy the things that we enjoy, um, we should be allowed to do that, Jay. And it, and it shouldn't be because, you know, we had some elite tell us what to do, but, I did some digging because I started thinking they're doing these goat sacrifices to save glaciers in Pakistan. It started making me think, what could be possible that's going on in Pakistan to cause sacrifices? Well, there is a Diose National Park of Pakistan, and it's called the Land of Giants. Oh, the Nephilim, baby. It's literally in Pakistan. So much is going on in this national park. So Diose is a Sheena language word, which means a land where Damon or God lives, which actually translates to means the shadow of the giant. Mm. So we know this is. A possibility now, and they're not, you know, you got to think, Pakistan's not far from F- Kandahar. Kandahar, that's what I was just looking up. Yeah, it's not. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Also, in Sri Lanka, there is a discovery of ancient graves big enough to endorse Gulliver's fictional tales of Gulliver's Travels, the Giants and Gulliver's Travels. So there are, uh, this is wild. Two nine-yard graves, which is 27 feet apiece in Gujarat. And it's locally believed that these are the burial places of the sons of Adam, the first man and prophet of Abrahamic religions. But this is from an Islamic point of view, because if you know anything about Islam, they say that Adam himself was a giant in Islamic texts. But they're saying that his sons were buried there. Now, they don't specify which 
I'm not assuming it was Cain and Abel, <laughs> considering they had some beef, you know. Put them side by side for eternity. I, I think it is probably like Seth and one of the others, right? Or, or that's what they're saying that it is. But as per local belief, the men had migrated to the subcontinent to preach Islam. So they were part of this preaching of the early Islam. Okay. Or whatever they, they called it back then. Now, they said that the graves have never been dug up. But archaeologists and scientists say that there's no way that there's bodies in there that big, even though it's never been dug up to know, which makes it also odd to me that they've never been tried to be dug up or that we know of, right? I'm sure they, if they've wanted to, they've already would have been dug up and didn't tell us. If, you know, if they wanted to, they're going to do it. They do that stuff all the time. They'll disturb any grave for, to get anything they, they, and I don't even know who they are, but, you know, the ones in control. It's probably the people that uh, Sean works for at the Smithsonian. It's probably them digging it up or hiding it or keeping it undercover, you know? Well, and they got Sean clones pumping out left and right. That's right. Of the Smithsonian right now. And I'm sure he knows what's really going on. And check this out. So there are various graves in various parts of Punjab. They, there are similar stories that follow the graves of Sialkot Nagaza Pir, who is similarly said to have waged a war against the local Hindu reign. Known as Imam Iluau Haq or Imam Sahib, the peer had brought with him an army of some, check this number out, 313 men, many of whom were known to be astoundingly tall. Mm. Also, another nine-yard grave in the ancient Barla Sharif village of Gujarat is widely believed to be the resting place of Kanbit, the son of Prophet Adam. So another son of the Prophet Adam, a Nephilim. So. We know that this place is a hotbed oh, yeah. for Nephilim. So me being from Nephilim blood and understanding how cultures work around the world for centuries, I believe that the goat imagery, the goat sacrifices are to these Nephilim demons, these Nephilim spirits that are still here on this earth that died from before, and they're trying to get them to protect them from this climate change whatever these elites are spinning right yeah yeah so as you're saying like the goat symbol it's, it's all symbolism for the nephilim absolutely yeah okay i like it it all ties back to the nephilim man boom boom daddy boom boom daddy <laughs> oh man that's great yeah, and to stick on the climate change thing, because that's what we're on right now, and it just needs, seems to never end. So New Zealand is considering lab-grown fruit to combat it. Well, apparently the climate's too hot, and it's burning it up. They can't grow. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And New Zealand, New Zealand of all places, you know, it's it must be boiling there. I'm I'm shocked that all the people can you know stay alive in that little island with the oceans, you know, basically on the verge of boiling at this point. <laughs> well, you got Doctor Ben Sean, 
He's a lead scientist for the Food by Design program in the government-backed plant and food research. And he says, here in New Zealand, we're good at growing conventional horticultural crops. But looking into the future, there's a lot of change coming in the world with population growth, increasing urbanization, and climate change. So he's even talking about overpopulation, the classic buzzwords. One. Urbanization. Two. Climate change. Three. And he's, but they're saying future. Right. It's just not even here yet, but we're planning for there to be a food shortage. They're planning, they're planning the shortage on this. That's why it's called a planet. Because they're planning everything on this fake ball of theirs. It's all a plan. It's all a plan. It's, it's all a plan, man. If they could... Listen, the elites know that it's a flat plane. They regularly visit the other lands and the other elites outside of that. Mm, keep us out of it. I mean, if we could just get to Nibiru, the land Nibiru, outside of our initial ice wall, maybe a little further to Atlantis to see how those cultures have thrived, have thrived with, w- without this subjugation. Well, see, maybe that's where we're wrong. Maybe they are, maybe they do have their genetically modified uh, apples and things growing in Atlantis, you know, apples with no seeds or even skin for that matter. They can grow them without skins. They're eight foot tall and you, you can get you a, it's so much cider out of one apple. I um, mean, it's the land of milk and honey there. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy to think about. Um, but here in New Zealand, they're saying that the plant and food research program, which started 18 months ago, it focuses on sales from blueberries, apples, cherries, violas, peaches, nectarines, and grapes. But they warn that the end goal of harvesting something that is nutritional and enjoyable to eat is some years away and might not be attainable at all. Well, that's BS. That's BS because we know they're feeding us GMOs and everything else that's lab grown already. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it might not be possible to make something healthy for you, but we'll, we'll pump something else out that you can have and eat. But you got <laughs> just got to buy it. Just buy it. Spend your hard earned money on it. Don't grow it at home is what they're implying. Just don't do that. Well, and that's the thing, Jay, you know, as long as I've worked with you, you know, I've seen this like cultural shift and where people are going in the world. And it's just less and less drive. People don't have drive anymore. They don't want to grow their minds. They want people to do everything for them. Feed me the information. Feed me the food. Feed me the money. Feed me. Feed me, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's all we're seeing right now is this culture of laziness. Yeah. By design. Yeah. We're, we've been lulled into, uh, uh, what's the word? I'm, uh, we're thinking everything's easy, you know? We've been lulled into relaxation, you know? Just sim- everything's so simple and easy and convenient that any sort of, like you said, drive. I like that. And I don't think a lot of people do have drive anymore. They just don't. It's just you got everything at your fingertips on your phone. Uh, you know, it, it, you can just order groceries from your phone. I'm delivered to your house now. You don't have to leave to do that. You know, I'm shocked, honestly. And, and, and kudos to Justin from Crippers of the Corn. I am shocked at how much drive he has with 8,000 Sean clones at his disposal. He's got to be like fighting them off left and right. Yeah, he's got peak. 
It's the, like multiplicity <laughs> times a jillion. He doesn't really have to work. Dude, he could get a clone to have some sort of AI modulated voice to sound like Justin <laughs> and just work for him. That's right. A lot of props, though, to Justin. Shout out. Shout out to Justin from Crypt of the Corn, though. A lot of drive, even with all those Sean clones at his disposal. It's, it's unbelievable, man. It really is. Oh, I agree. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. And puts up with him, too. I, just, I don't get it. But to stick to our uh, lovely climate change, because it never ends. BBC says FIFA says Wolston is too hot for the World Cup. And we're going to play this clip. And then you and I are going to talk about this. Some leading sports scientists have urged FIFA to consider rescheduling the next Men's Football World Cup because of the effects of climate change. The tournament in 2026 will be hosted by the US, Canada and Mexico. It's been a summer of record temperatures and wildfires across North America, as our sports news correspondent Alex Kapstick reports. The issue is the cause of growing concern. Tonight, much of America is baking, a heat that won't quit, and today... Across America, people have endured a sweltering summer. In Dallas and Houston, two host cities for the 2026 World Cup, soaring temperatures reached dangerous levels every day for weeks. Professor Mike Tipton from Portsmouth University specialises in how such extreme conditions affect the human body. The best approach is to hope for the best but plan for the worst, so that would mean giving some consideration to moving the event to a different time. It's not only the heat that's causing concern. A record number of wildfires has been polluting the air across large swathes of Canada and the US. People were urged to stay indoors because of the dangerous air quality. It could present FIFA with a huge problem. Moving the World Cup has been done before when Qatar was forced to switch to a winter tournament, but that seems unlikely. FIFA says plans for water breaks along with climactic controls in some stadiums will help make things more bearable. But with experts predicting an even hotter future, it's an issue which will continue to test both participants and organisers of major sports events. <laughs> I like how their solution was uh, more water breaks. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you do? And this isn't the first time they've done this, man. I mean, the previous edition was held in Qatar in 2022, and it was moved from June to July because of the temperatures. Yeah. They've already moved it once. And again, I think they're moving it the first time was because they want to push this climate change agenda. Absolutely. A absolutely. And, you know, it just, listen, some of these factors that they put out is just almost laughable. You know, they, they start spitting out numbers like on the 15th of the July, an all-time high of 48 degrees Celsius was recorded in Phoenix, Arizona. It, it, first off, I could go back 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And it was hotter. In the 90s. Oh, if you go back to the 30s, it's way hotter. It's not getting hotter. It's actually gotten cooler. Mm -hmm. That's the best part. But then they had to change the verbiage from global warming because in some places in the world, it's gotten super cold. Gotten colder, So now yeah. it's like, oh, it, it doesn't know what it's going to do because we're messing up the system. Right. It's changing now. It's, cha it's global or climate change now, not global warming. Climate change. Here's the thing, man. When you know that we live in a capped dome, the temperature, it always stays the same. Relatively speaking, yes. It's not getting hotter. Right. It, it's fake news. It's something these globetard elites are pushing. 
I'm tired of it. What is it? A breeze from space that's going to cool us down? Or is it just, is the sun gotten closer or something and heated up the earth? Uh, what, what do they expect on this ball outer space theory things they push on us? How, how it even works. I don't, I don't you just don't get it. So all that sunlight, oh, it's getting trapped in here now from CO2. When CO2 grows plants bigger, it's good for us. We all breathe it out. I think they just want to get rid of us as the whole end goal. I think so, too. And listen, if you don't think like we think, keep your butthole clamp, baby. Boom, boom, daddy. That's right. Because we're coming with the truth and we're spitting facts left and right. And we ain't going to stop. We ain't going to stop, man. Oh, but check this out. It never ends. Libya. <laughs> 20,000 people fear dead after Libya floods. We're going to play this clip, and then you and I are going to talk about these crazy floods going on in Libya. Mayor of a flood-ravaged city along the Mediterranean Sea in Libya said today 18 to 20,000 people could be dead in the wake of Monday's historic floods. Drone video shows the widespread damage after two major dams collapsed when 16 inches of rain drenched parts of the region on Sunday. Entire neighborhoods were destroyed, leaving tens of thousands without homes. Man, that's awful. I mean, it's awful. And, you know, we're quick to go to... Yeah, there's been a climate change man-made. I mean, look in the sky. Just look at the airplanes flying by. Do you think that's affecting climate at all? Maybe. Maybe not. But maybe there's something up there that probably shouldn't be up there. Absolutely. And we already know that cloud seeding exists. They've admitted it. Uh, Upper atmosphere or up. Wait, what is it? Stratospheric atmosphere or stratosphere injection uh what's the aerosol injections that's the word aerosol right and it's funny because they've actually showed how they operate on planes and it's a good thing the news like the mainstream news covered it we were screaming it's 20 years ago and they made fun of us exactly and now these same sheep are like oh man they told us about this (laughs) it's good it's it's good for society now that you know we need a, a weather we can rely on you know something that we can regulate it's it's better for us Right. And they're actually saying that human caused warming made the heavy rainfall up to 10 times more likely in Greece, Bulgaria and Turkey and up to 50 times more likely in Libya, which was building in floodplains, poor dam maintenance and other local factors, turning the extreme weather into a humanitarian disaster. So listen, I'm sure there was some poor dam maintenance, probably by the damn government that was supposed to be watching over it. Mm-hmm. Of course they did. They probably just like chopped a big hole in it, probably sent one of those Nephilim from Pakistan over there. He punched a hole in it and they flooded the whole place. It's as simple as that. Oh, I would love, I just want to see a, like a, you know, a 27 foot tall Nephilim just punching a big hole right in the dam. That'd be a, an amazing sight to see. It's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's a sad story that all those people are, where they're just unaccounted for. I mean, they're, they're guessing that many people are lost or dead and it's so unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that, you know, their government or their infrastructure wasn't taken care of or looked after or not to speak nefariously. If, if it was like a weather machine that caused it to rain so much and killed all those people, nobody's going to be held accountable for it. Nobody. Nobody, man. And it's very similar to what happened in Maui with everyone that passed there 
Um, it's a man-made thing. And I don't care if you think it was, you know, a laser from the sky or it was man-made on the ground or it was some sort of alchemical creation. However, it was man-made. It, and the situation surrounding it of how they dealt with it was 100% man-influenced uh, or, it was, you know, it, was on, it made it worse. Yeah. Man made it worse. Yeah, and magically, the surrounding celebrities' properties, none of that got touched. Right, yeah. <laughs> but Oprah and The Rock are asking us to give our hard-earned money to help them out. Hey, we put $10 million up, guys. It's like, you're worth 2 to $3 billion. She's a billionaire. It's unbelievable. The Rock ain't far off. No, he's a multimillionaire. But, oh, I don't want to smell what he's cooking no more. He, he kind of ruined it for me. I think he's a clone. He might be. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You know, the EGI people think that he is actually a she, a Nephilim who puts on a man bodysuit. I don't adhere to this, but this is the. <laughs> I'm following you, though. This is the. Wait, hold on. Let me buckle up for this ride. Hold on. Yeah. So if you know anything about people who believe in elite gender inversion, Mm. They think that everyone in Hollywood is a transgender on opposite ends. Everyone in politics, everyone in sports. So now, so, so here's the, here's the, it gets better. So this is how they mentally do this gymnastics with the sports. Cause you're like, okay, how are all these male athletes, females, right? And the females males, well, clearly the men are stronger, faster. Well, they're Nephilim. If they're female Nephilim that have been changed since birth, they're going to be stronger. They're going faster. to be stronger and faster. That, that's what they say. Listen, I'm not down with that. This is what I do think. I think there is a very, very small percentage of Hollywood that does have what you would consider this elite gender inversion. What are you going to call it? I think it's a small percentage. I think there's some who maybe were part of some bloodlines as an early age. They switched over as some ode to Baphomet. I'm not saying that some of this doesn't exist, but it's not as rampant as these people are saying it is. And I think it's one of those psyops that got integrated in with this Cass Sunstein thing back in 2008, where it was cognitive infiltration. They sent this group in to create everybody's a transgender. So now uh, the community becomes laughable for believing in it. And which I think, again, it's super small percentage that it's a possibility that they do want to trick you. I mean, listen, if you want to believe that Michelle Obama is a man, I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that one. Uh, it's a possibility. Right. But I'm just saying it ain't everybody. And if you start believing it's everybody, get out of your basement, go outside and like smell some fresh air, walk the flat plane, live life. <laughs> walk the flat plane is right. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things where they uh, put so much, like, put that misinformation out there just to muddy the waters. I think the answer, like you said, is somewhere in between. Not everybody, not everybody, but not nobody either. Right. We're definitely, there's a small percentage. I'm with you on that. With you on that, and, you know, spreading those, there seems like a lot of conspiracy theories, in quote, you know, they push, there's always something else that's pushed, and it seems like, that thing that's pushed super hard is what takes us over as the new theory. And then the new theory is what everyone kind of latches onto and runs with. And then the people who are all into the conspiracies, you know, they, they latch onto them too and run with them, run with them almost to the point where 
anyone that's really taking notes or paying attention understands like that's it's not happening it's too far it's like they're going beyond the pale like way too far and you got to always assess everything in the whole situation and reel it back a little bit zoom out look at the whole picture and then pick and choose what actually makes sense what puzzle pieces align and that's how you kind of filter some of the crazier theories like every single person in hollywood is transgender <laughs> absolutely and i agree with you jay and you couldn't have said it any better than that and honestly i think we should switch gears a little bit off this climate change because we could go all day with climate change but let's get into something a little more fun that the conspiratorial world was jacked up for almost a week and a half over was actual alien bodies found in Mexico. I want to, let's play the clip, and then you and I could talk about what we really think about this whole situation. Situation. <laughs> Mexico could become the first country to speak about the presence of aliens on Earth in a government document. Lawmakers considered evidence today, including small corpses that one researcher calls non-human. According to organizers, these two mummified stuffed bodies were recovered in 2017 in Peru. They are reportedly 700 and 1800 years old respectively, with only three fingers on each hand and elongated heads. The lead researcher said that DNA testing shows many differences from humans. He sees them as clear evidence of aliens, but has previously been refuted by other scientists for some of his related stances. This all happened at Mexico's first public congressional hearing on the proposed aerial space protection law. Mm. Well, just to correct you real quick, I don't think they were found in Mexico. They were found in Peru, I believe. And then brought to Mexico for the Congress uh, revelation trial. The alien revelation. Why, Mex why is Mexico doing this? It's well, me and my family being from South America. Ooh, you got some insight. You know, a little insight on it. And, you know, I did a piece on this, as you know, on Monday on my solo show, Cholo Snaps. <laughs> For this Cholo Snaps, baby. And on that solo show, Cholo Snaps, I really went in on what I think that these alien bodies could be, right? Right. And here's my take on it. At first, the conspiratorial community, the first thing I say, everything's fake. That's where they go with it. It's fake off the rip. They're paper mache. It, it, it's it's fake news. They're pushing an agenda. Blue beam, you know all the all the typical buzzwords. Here's my what I think, and me being from South America and from the Nephilim bloodlines of Quetzalcoatl, what I see is that these bodies could possibly be real. They're just not telling us what they are exactly. They're spinning the narrative, mm. and they and they take a man who already has a sordid past. You know, working for Gaia, you know, he, he's been lambasted in Forbes and everywhere else. They take him and they make him look bad immediately. But my question is, why? Why is the mainstream putting him under such a microscope and saying that these bodies are fake also? Is it to trick everybody into thinking they're real because people don't trust the mainstream media? Or are these bodies something real? They're just not telling us what they are. Could it play into 
my meat sack theory of were these meat sacks created for the spirits of the dead Nephilim to inhabit, to purvey to humankind over history. They said they're a thousand years old. Maybe so. Maybe they are petrified. You know, it's funny. People are like, huh, paper mache. It's not petrified. It's not uh, a fossil. It's not fossilized. Generally speaking, most people wouldn't know what a fossil or a petrified mummy looked like if it hit them in the face. So frankly, something that's a thousand years old, that's intact in any way would look very similar to that. We've seen mummies that have come out of Egypt that are real, that you can go look at and showcase that would, if someone showed you, Oh, it looks like paper mache. Right. Yeah. It probably, yeah. So I'm not saying they're real Jay, you know me, I'm not committing to anything. I'm just saying we have to leave open the 50% possibility that it could be something real. Obviously, they're going to spend the narrative on what? They're telling us of these grays. They're pushing that part of it. They need to. You know, this Gaia agenda of the new age, and we need to connect to, you know, our brothers from the future or whatever they're spinning that these alien kind are. I think, I think that's more of a possibility to me than them being completely fake. That's just my hot take on it. I did a, and again, go, go check it out. Last episode, if you didn't listen to Cholo Snaps, go back and listen to that episode. And I talk a whole episode about what I think about Musan. The guy that presented them. Correct. Mm-hmm. And what he, his whole past as well. Because it's, I don't know his full past, but it's... Is it sketchy? Jamie Musan has a very sordid past. Okay. Very. And it's 50 years of it. He's been involved in pushing bodies for a long time and saying they're real. Now, some of them came out to be small children that were burned in fires that were two years old that he could pass off as alien babies. Oh, my God. Correct. And I'm not. But here's the other part of it. Or is that just what they're telling us? And maybe they really were, again, alien bodies. And they're just saying. What happens when that moment, when it's revealed that aliens exist, and here they are in front of our face, whether they're, like I believe, entities, demonic entities, or some sort of, you know, fallen angel entity in front of us, and then he comes back around, what would he be? And these, it comes to find out all this stuff he's been pushing has been real the whole time. He'd be on top of the world. They believe anything he says. Oh, yeah. So I think that there's a, he's a part of the plan, is all I'm saying. And again, go check out Cholo Snaps. I go off for about 30, 45 minutes about all of this, and I break down everybody involved. I don't want to re-spin it all over again for right, this show. Right, right, right. But that's what I think. What do you think? Um, I always thought, because these aliens have been around these bodies for quite a few years now, so just now that they're revealing them, you know, in a congressional sense, is, it's interesting that they even allowed it, but... I'm sure they're just letting people in and out the door, you know, whoever has something to share there. It's, I guess, I don't know if it was open forum, but no, but I, I would feel like they, they would have to approve who does get to present and stuff. So it, it's almost like, yeah, they're allowing him to do this on purpose. It's that question of, to, as what you said, why? And, you know, when you said the media uh, is also trying to like, say, this is a hoax and fakes, it does kind of throw up some red flags there because I personally do believe it's, they're not real in my opinion. It just because the way it's just uh, how biology work, how a body would work. It just seems like that body plan might not actually function just from 
looking at it, but I don't know. But it's an alien. It's an entity. It's something you don't understand the biology of. And say it was a fallen angel created meat sack, maybe in league with whatever governments that were in power however long ago. It's a possibility is all I'm saying. We can't throw that out. Like, I'm absolutely on board with the fact that it could be completely fake. Like, I'm not saying they couldn't be. Right. But I just always think there's layers to PSYOPs. It's not the first thing. It's not your first choice. Agreed. And I just kind of think, and the fact that Ryan Graves, who was a former Navy fighter pilot, was involved in these hearings, and he came out, what, six months ago, and was in Congress talking about all the UFOs he saw when he was, you know, fighting the war on terror for years, to the point that he said that fighter pilots that they would have to have briefings before they went out because they would have to know how to maneuver around them. They saw so many thousands. So he was a part of these hearings. And now he came out two days afterwards. Like, oh, I didn't know they were going to bring out these fake bodies. It was kind of a hit on what I was trying to talk about. Is that the game? Is it the game to say, Oh, well the bodies were fake, but what he was trying to tell us is real. The UFOs are real. See, I'm thinking maybe that could be another flip side of it. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of ways to really look at this, you know, more than which I didn't really consider before when this first came out. Um, that's yeah, that's really super interesting. You know, I, I'm also on the fence, too, of them being I mean, I, I will gladly accept if they were real. I just don't think that they are, you know, aliens from outer space. You know, I'm with you with them being like, you know, entities that are uh, demonic or you know, a meat sack entity being controlled by some other person in another vessel elsewhere. But uh, throughout history and throughout cultures, there's all these, you know, stories, pictures, paintings, drawings, whatever you want to say of smaller people, you know, in quotes, even to the size of like a few inches tall. Some of these cultures will talk about these beings and entities that talk to them and help them and teach them. Right. And this is just another one of those, uh, entities that might fall under that list of things too so if it's that old you know these old cultures talked about these things if it were, if there's a chance it could be real it could be one of these things if it did fall in a or get buried in a certain place where it did petrify mummify you know, vitrify all those words i don't all of them above could be it could be i'm kind of on the fence with it but i just I, in my gut tells me they're probably not real I hear you, man. And that's why we have this show together because, like, we agree on a lot of topics, but then we disagree too. And that's what makes that a great show. That's why we've been in the top five. Top two, I thought, as of 10 minutes ago. I just checked. Really? Yeah. I wasn't looking at my phone. So we're behind Rogan Joe. Oh, yeah. We're right, but we're literally nipping it. I can taste his heels. Boom, boom, daddy. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, I, I, you know, we're starting to get towards the end here, but I got one that's just going to tap. Top it off for everybody that's listening. And this article came out in The Guardian. Oh, we love The Guardian. Love The Guardian. And the title of the article, The Case Against Pets. Is it time to give up our cats and dogs? (laughs) So, basically, this lady that writes this article says that pets basically need to be entertained all the time. Otherwise, they're really suffering. Uh, not true. 
But hey, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you what she's saying, man. She's an expert. I guess she works so. for the Guardian. What do, I, what do I know? What do I know? And she basically said that if people really cared about animals, we would only engage in rescues and helping animal sanctuaries, wildlife rehabilitation, things that we find fulfilling. That also help the animal. Instead, we only like relationships when they're easy, where the pets are well maintained, where you can hire a dog walker, where it impinges as little as possible in our life, and we are extracting as much emotional support. As we want from them. Well, first off, pets or animals from the dawn of time have lived on their own. Yes. Over time, have we domesticated them? Absolutely. Now, I do agree with what she said that I think people should engage more with rescues. And I think people should agree engage more with helping animal sanctuaries. That stuff I love. I, I do. I think instead of going to a puppy mill farm, which I don't agree with those places at all. I think right. most of those places are pretty awful. Instead of engaging with those farms and helping them pump out whatever amount of dogs to the point that, you know, inbreeding, all kind of stuff comes out of these places. Instead of helping those out, go help a dog that doesn't have a home before they euthanize it or a cat or whatever else, right? There's also other ways to help out by if you see a stray cat or whatever, bring them in to get neutered or spayed or whatever so you can stop some of this crazy amount of overpopulation of animals in certain areas. I'm not saying the world. I'm just saying in certain areas because they will migrate where they get easy food access. It's just that, you know, she blames it on the fact, she actually blames it on COVID lockdowns. She said people were bored at home, so they just started stockpiling animals. Well, I, I kind of agree with her on that a little bit. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you're, when you're forced into your house, you're forced to stay home. You want something to entertain you. but if you weren't going to have a pet before all that, and that is what inspired you to get a pet. Yeah. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well because I think people that get pets, you know, that want pets are the people that get them and want them generally want that challenge. All that stuff that she was saying, like it's a inconvenience, you know, they only want it. You know, what did she say? Uh, I got to find it in the article, but uh, they just want what well, I got to find it real fast. Cause I listen to you say it, but. Uh, if people really care about animals, we'd only engage in rescues. Um, if, okay. We only like relationships where they are easy, where the pets are well maintained, where we can hire a dog walker, and where it impinges, impinges as little as possible in our lives, and we are extracting as much emotional support as we can from them. To me, that sounds like her as a dog owner. Right. And she's reflecting her own feelings and thoughts and projecting onto everybody else. Well, that's not the case at all. Um, you know, and it's people, not everybody lives in a big city or in a city where you have to leave your dog in all the time. You know, uh, where I live, I got a dog. We got three dogs. Two of them live inside. One just runs free outside. Yeah. Runs free. She can do whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And she don't leave the house. She don't cause no trouble. So she's just a good dog. But you know what that took? Uh, time and care to put into that dog is which, which dog owners should do to begin with. So I don't think it's not right for this, like you said, the expert who works for the Guardian. She must be an expert because she works for the Guardian, right? Her projecting her feelings and thoughts onto all of us. It's, that's not cool. And then making the case for it. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I talk about this sometimes on the show about, you know, my, you know, how I grew up. But, you know, for people that don't know that are new to the show, you know, when I was younger, I grew up in the Alps. And, you know, I had four dire wolves and they ran around everywhere, 
you know, we didn't think anything about it. I mean, they were huge. I mean, and again, this is a typical, typical pet for Nephilim. You know what I mean? Because they're already big. And we, we just, that's what we were taught to raise. But I, to me, this article messed that up because I'm like, here, here are these dangerous quote unquote animals that people would think were dangerous, but we gave them love. We gave them plenty of room to run around. We gave them the Alps to run around in. And I think it does reflect on how she does it. Now she's not wrong about some of the things where she was talking about people got pets during COVID. And then after COVID they were putting them right back in the kennels or not the kennels, but the, uh, the shelters, the or- shelters and all that. So that I agree with, but the fact that she's saying at one point that they should just release some of these animals into the <laughs> wild. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can't release a domesticated animal into the wild. Horrible like, advice. Horrible advice. So she comes with a few good points and then caps it off. All right, listen, unless you own a dire wolf, and I know because <laughs> I've had several, you don't, you don't let them run out. No. You just no. don't. No, you don't. Unless at you're all. at the top of the food chain. You don't let them out. And they're fine, yeah. But, you know, your basic uh, shih tzu ain't going to fare well out in the woods if you go drop him off. No. I'm, I can trust me, he won't be happier than what you were doing with him. I can almost guarantee that. Absolutely, Jay. Absolutely. I just don't know why you need to write an article about giving, giving up your pets, you know. It's not for everybody. It should it, She should have definitely specify that article to a target audience and not generalize it to everybody involved. Like it's the time it's just give up your past. It's time, right? You don't need that joy in your home. You don't need it anymore. It's time to get to get it. Give it up. I completely agree with you, Jay. And again, if you've never owned a dire wolf, don't leave your domesticated pets. Let them run around out wild. Right. Unless, well, yes, unless they're like mine, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what I've been doing, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, but she's a chow. She can handle it. Yeah. She can handle the it. Chows are great dogs. So are we wrapping this up? Yeah. Wrapping it up, Jay. I think I think we got everything off our chest. Yeah, that was a good decompression session. Yeah, and it, you know, I know we probably got some people's buttholes clamped. clamped up tight. Absolutely. And to me, it's okay. Like, listen, when we say globe tarts guys we mean it with the utmost love like we have so many people that follow us that believe in the ball I and mean, then look we get it you're not quite there yet but we get it and listen you've got a lot of truth to it and if it comes to the point in fact that we find out that the earth is round i'll be the first to say it i'll be the first to say that hey there's no more extra lands out there there's there's i guess balls spinning everywhere that we can get to maybe if we get a spaceship or whatever you call it right yeah i just maybe one if that happens that's a big if big if big if man i i I really you know i just want to say again the five star reviews have been rolling in jay rolling in man i mean listen we're the number two podcast in the world right now according to 15 minutes ago behind rogan joe right we're, we're there and we are so close to being number one. And we feel like if you guys keep giving us the five-star reviews on Spotify, keep pumping them in on Apple Podcasts, we're going to get there. Oh, yeah. Not just past him. 
We're drafting him right now. We're getting ready to just zoom by on that next curve. And before we end the show, also, did you ever ended up how that date with AOC go? You went on last week. You were telling me well, about. Well, you know, we've been dating for a while, and this, but this last date was special. Exactly, it was a special one. It was. I took her to the Alps. Oh, to where I grew up. Did you show her that where the dire wolves ran? We rode a couple. <sighs> they came back because they know me when I get back. And right. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. It was like Hispanic love, Nephilim love to the max. It's stuff you've never seen, man. Like, and I was riding straight Cholo style. Like, you know what I mean? Like, straight up style. You know what I mean? Like, I was going, man, and she had to catch up. But she got that Nephilim blood, man. She was right there. She kept right up with you, I'm sure, yeah. Right up with me, man. You know, I have to have that elite. Hispanic Nephilim by my side, man. I don't, I don't, I don't do with anything else. The eternal bond between you and your direwolves. It's magical. It is magical, man. It is magical. So yeah, man, I had a blast today. Yeah, this was fun. You know, uh, you guys, you know where to find us at killthemockingbirds.com. Come check out our website. You can uh, check out my new single. It's about to drop and working on it. Um, if the, if the earth were a ball, um, I think it comes out. Next, you actually heard some sampling from that one clip, uh, that Pakistan clip that guy was singing. I, I have him sampled in the background of this track. So it's a real treat. I hope you guys are looking forward to it. I'm pumped for it. So stay tuned. By the way, when you check out his new single, it will be an explicit by it. So it's going to have a little bit of rough language. So don't let your kids listen to it because he's got to come with that heat. Boom, boom, daddy. Boom, boom, daddy. Right. Makes me think about life 
So bright. 